0: From the New Media Project at the NYU School of Medicine and the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, pseudophagic retinal detachments.
1: In pseudophagic retinal detachment, there is a controversy that some surgeons do vitrectomy, and other surgeons prefer buckle first
0: this. The Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education requires a financial interest disclosure before any CME activity. Dr. Edelman declares no real or apparent conflicts of interest. As seen from here, the first podcast for physicians, the first podcast to offer CME credit and the first to offer multinational editions, is now co-sponsored by the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. The ASCRS recognizes the power of this new medium in communication and education of physicians everywhere. This partnership will allow us to bring new content to you and add new voices to our community. From Manhattan to Mumbai, from the Bay Area to Beijing, one conversation, as seen from here. Pars plana has become increasingly popular for the treatment of pseudophagic retinal detachment. This procedure is performed in conjunction with sclerobuckle or in place of it entirely. But what evidence exists that pars plana results in better outcomes? Ron Edelman recently published results of a large meta-analysis comparing scleral buckle, pars vitrectomy, and a combined procedure for the treatment of pseudophagic retinal detachment. Why do retinal detachments occur in pseudophagic patients? What is the mechanism by which they occur?
1: Uh, there are several reasons for pseudophagic retinal detachment to happen. One is the mechanical factor, because the implant lens is smaller in size than the natural lens and therefore there is more movement of vitreous with the eye movements throughout life after pseudophakia. And the other reason is there is chemical changes after phaco that happens in the vitreous. So the proteins in the vitreous will change even if the posterior capsule is intact. And that would cause the early P V D to happen. And the other reason is, when posterior capsule is broken during the surgery, then the movement of the juice will be very excessive, and that would cause retinal tear.
0: How do these mechanisms compare to retinal detachments we see in phakic patients?
1: In phakic patients, we uh, basically we don't have as much retinal detachment as we have in pseudo patients, and uh, the rate is lower. And the main reason is uh, we, the vitreous is in more natural situation than when we have pseudophakia.
0: What is the conventional method for managing pseudophakic retinal detachments, and does it differ from management in phakic patients?
1: Um, in pseudophakic retinal detachment, there is a controversy that some surgeons do pars vitrectomy, and other surgeons prefer scleral buckle. Now, there are reasons for each of, the, each of these procedures that people propose. In pseudophagic retinal detachments, usually there are multiple small breaks, while in the phagic detachment, usually there is one or few larger breaks. And in pseudophagic retinal detachments, in general, it's harder to find the breaks because of the capsular opacity and because of the problem that we have from the margin of the implant lens, so aberration that we get from the margin of the implant lens. Therefore, the management is different in the opinion of some of the experts. The, for the phagic retinal detachment, if it's superior and there is one tear, you, many, recommend, many surgeons recommend pneumatic retinopexy while if it's inferior some surgeons prefer doing a buckle And uh, vitrectomy is less commonly used in phagic retinal detachment because there is a chance of developing cataracts afterward. For pseudophagic detachments there is a controversy between having a buckle versus vitrectomy.
0: Are there any special technical difficulties in pseudophagic patients? Let's say poor visualization of the peripheral retina because you're looking through the edge of the implant.
1: Uh, Technical one thing, as uh, we talked, is difficulty in visualization of the breaks in pseudophagic detachments. And the other aspect is because there are multiple small breaks, then uh, we need to to consider that if we treat one break, there, there is a possibility of having other breaks. So you, we want to be more careful in checking and making sure that
0: we find all of the breaks. Can I have you describe the design of your study? Our design of the study
1: was a meta-analysis of all of the published papers regarding the uncomplicated pseudophagic retinal detachment. So we did the MEDLINE search and then cross-reference search to find all of the papers in the literature, in English, German, and French literature, which address pseudophagic retinal detachment.
0: Over what time period were the included papers in the study written?
1: The papers which were included in the study were from 1966 to 2004.
0: Ron, can I have you go into a little more detail about the papers that you looked at and what the inclusion and exclusion criteria were?
1: By, by MEDLINE search and cross-reference search and looking at the references of the papers, we found 1,232 papers in the literature. But there wasn't adequate data in many of these papers. Our inclusion criteria was papers which had sufficient data on preoperative evaluation on the surgical technique which means that which technique they used, on anatomical and functional success rates. And then our exclusion criteria were the one the papers which ha, which discuss complex pseudophagic retinal detachments means that the ones which had significant other problems or significant proliferative withdrawal retinopathy. And the papers which Discussed treatment by laser or pneumatic retinopexy, and the studies which the treatment outcome were not distinguishable based on the which patient had fake, were faking and which patients were pseudo
0: When did papers dealing with pars vitrectomy appear in the literature?
1: Um, the papers with pars vitrectomy uh, the mainly started from nineteen eighties. And we had a concern that because the scroll buckle papers were from nineteen sixty six and the vitrectomy papers were more recent, maybe that brings the bias. So we compared the papers that included the squabuckle after nineteen ninety five and had vitrectomy after 1995 so the most more recent 10 years we compared those papers and our results were the same comparing the newer papers versus the older papers
0: in each group uh, scleral buckle pars plana vitrectomy or combined scleral tunnel pars plana vitrectomy how consistent were the surgical techniques
1: because this was a meta-analysis of many papers the surgical techniques were different between different surgeons what what we tried to do was try, trying to have a, as coherent of a group as much as possible in a meta-analysis. Now, because the techniques were somewhat different, that may make the results a little bit less reliable. At the same time, it is matching what is the general practice of people and what is the normal what is the normal practice because. In regular practice, people are operating in different ways.
0: That's what I was going to say, too, that, mind you, this is not a criticism because in order to make your findings broadly applicable, it would be reasonable to incorporate a range of techniques.
1: Um, I I agree because the techniques were broad range and there were many surgeons. It wasn't one or two or three. There were many surgeons from different areas of ward. Therefore, that's more applicable to to the, comp- to the practice that we have day to day.
0: What were your main outcome measures?
1: Our main outcome measures were anatomical success rate after initial surgical intervention and after reoperation. that was one. And then there, it was best or final visual outcome at the end of the follow-up.
0: Ron, what were your findings?
1: Uh, we found 1,232 papers. Then after looking at inclusion and exclusion criteria, 29 papers matched our inclusion criteria. In our study, there were 2,230 eyes, which were included. Out of the 2,230 eyes, 1,579 were operated by scleral buckle, 457 by pars vitrectomy, and 194 by combined method of parsplenial vitrectomy and buckle,
0: And your findings with regard to each of these techniques? Um,
1: when we compared the result of the success rate, the anatomical success rate of the vitrectomy was significantly better than buckle, and anatomical success rate of the combined buckle was significantly better than buckle. When we compared vitrectomy with combined with buccal, the, the difference was not statistically significant. And for visual outcome, the result was similar, that vitrectomy was better than scrub buckle, combined with buccal was better than buckle alone, and combined with buccal was not statistically different compared to vitrectomy. Although there was a trend toward uh, advan- uh, advantage of combined with buckle over vitrectomy, but it wasn't statistically significant.
0: The earlier studies included in the meta analysis consisted solely of scleral buckle procedures, but these patients presumably underwent cataract surgery using older techniques as well.
1: That is true. And that was our concern that the older technique of cataract were were more invasive. Therefore, we actually mo- compared the more recent papers, the papers after 1995, and compared the scleral buckle uh, and vitrectomy after 1995, and the result was similar in the more recent group.
0: When you controlled for year of publication your findings were similar to when you looked at the data for the whole group of twenty nine studies.
1: Yes, when we come when we adjusted for the years still the result was similar and the results showed that vitrectomy is superior over buckle.
0: What role did lack of capsular support play? The papers
1: that included the um, the papers that mentioned lack of capsular support showed that the rate of retinal detachment was higher. Um, in other publications, it has been shown that lack of capsular support will increase the risk of retinal detachment five
0: times. Was preoperative PVR a significant factor?
1: Um, we excluded the in our study because we were looking at simple or an uncomplicated pseudophagic retinal detachment. We excluded papers which had significant PVR. So we had the, the earlier grades of PVR included and that did not make a difference in final outcomes.
0: Ron, what is publication bias?
1: A publication bias is based on it, usually people publish the result that they think it's significant and the result is good. And the other thing is when a paper wants to get accepted, the papers usually need to have good results to get accepted. Therefore, the papers which had bad outcome, either they have not been submitted or they have not been accepted for publication.
0: And then when you're pooling your papers for the meta-study, this sort of bias towards papers with good results can bias the results of your meta-analysis.
1: Any meta-analysis has the uh, publication bias and uh, that is a concern. Now, when we have um, many papers from many authors, we can overcome that problem, but it's not completely correctable. And, um, that is with any published paper that we have that that's something that's a, a problem that we have.
0: Ron, having learned what you've learned in, in the study, what do you do in your own practice now when you're sent a patient with a post-cataract retinal detachment?
1: Um, most of my pseudophakic patients um, in, are, will be treated with vitrectomy. Occasionally if there is um, PVR I will do vitrectomy combined by buckle, and rarely I use buckle, and that would be in a special circumstances that I may use buckle. But in general, I use vitrectomy.
0: So then, let me ask you this as a follow-on question: Is there any role anymore clinically for doing just scleral buckle for a patient with a pseudophakic RD? Uh,
1: many surgeons believe that there is no role. Uh, some surgeons believe if there is an inferior break and there is just one or two inferior break, uh, because it's difficult to make, to have a good tamponade for inferior breaks with vitrectomy. Therefore, buckle still has a role for those type of detachment.
0: Ron, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Ron Edelman is Associate Professor of Ophthalmology and Director of the Vitreo Retinal Service at the Yale University Eye Center in New Haven, Connecticut. His paper, Surgical Management of Pseudophagic Retinal Detachments, A Meta-Analysis, appears in the October 2006 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Edelman or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Call our listener response lines. In the United States dial, area code 646 808 In the United Kingdom dial, 020-7558-8275 or Skype, jyoungmd. Those numbers can be found on our website as seenfromhere.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the new media project of the NYU School of Medicine and the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery and is edited by Joe Fry. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.